Please be seated. It is great to be back with you. Uh, I missed you. Um, I love you guys, and, and it's, it's always uh, good to get away for a while, but it's great to come back. And uh, we uh, were on vacation, really went to check on our parents. And um, if you haven't done this yet or haven't experienced this yet, when I went to see my parents, they were on one side of the glass and I was on the other. We talked on cell, pho cell phones, and uh, I gave my dad a fist pump on the glass, not through the glass, I already threw the glass, but on the glass, and uh, it's so bizarre to have to do that. You know, it's, it's really a strange time, but it is, it is great to be back with you, and, and again, I love you guys, and it's, it's good to be here. Um, while we were gone, I had the opportunity to read a book that was pretty significant for me. You know, if you, if you read a lot, you know there are some books that are, you get down, it's like, eh, it was okay. And then on the other extreme, there are books like, wow, that changed my life. And then there's other books that like, I really needed that. And that's the kind of book that I, that I read. And it's a book by an author named N.T. Wright, and it's called Surprised by Hope. And so uh, as I read through the book, it, it's about death, the afterlife, and the resurrection. And, uh, and just theologically, it really made some, brought some clarity back to uh, understanding of what's going to happen in the future. But, but to come to this realization that we as followers of Jesus, we should be living in hope, not in fear, not in doubt, not in anxiety. We should be living in hope. All right? And so the passage of scripture that I want to use today is one of the very last ones in Revelation chapter 21. So if you're in the room, I ask you to turn there with me. Uh, it's on page 1252 in the Pew Bibles. And Revelation is the story of a vision that John the Apostle had on the island of Patmos. He had been exiled there, and he had an interaction with the angels and with God that was very powerful and very real. And uh, there's a lot of debate about what it all means and when it's going to happen or if it happened and blah, 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 blah. That's not what we're talking about today. When you get to the very end of the book, John describes for us the beauty of what is to come. Okay? So, Revelation 21, verses 1 through 8. And here's what he said. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. 
Okay, so I want to tell you the idea and the premise behind the book I read, and I want, to, want you to keep that in mind as we go through this, because it's really just the theology of the end times, okay? And so as followers of Jesus, this should be a big deal for us. So the idea is, and we have this idea that one day we die and we just go to heaven and that's it. But see, that's not what the scripture teaches. When you read Isaiah, it talks about how there will be a, a new heaven and a new earth that God will create. You read in Peter, he said the same thing, that, that there will be a, a new, everything will be destroyed and God will recreate. And the idea is, is that the same way that time began will be the same way time ends with God creating. And there will be a new heaven and a new earth. In Romans 8, it says that the earth, the creation groans for the redemption of all things. And so God is going to recreate a, a new reality. What N.T. Wright wrote was that the resurrection of Jesus and his resurrected body was the beginning of that new creation to give us a picture of what it's going to be like for us. A body like his and this new reality. And so if all of that's true, which scripturally it pretty much is, then, then the reality is, is that one day everything that we're facing now will be gone. as followers of Jesus, we get to be part of this new heaven and new earth where heaven and earth come together, where God recreates, kind of like it was in the Garden of Eden. He with the people and the people with him. Now, let, let me tell you why all of that matters. So a couple of things I want us to see today. Why all of this is a big deal. And they're both very important for our current reality. Right? The first one is this, is that everything we experience now, are you ready? Everything that we experience now is temporary. Now think about that. It's all temporary. The pandemic that we're going through right now, it's temporary. The sickness that you have or the loved ones that you have, it's temporary. The financial struggles that you face, they're temporary. The ethnic problems that we're having all across the world right now, it's temporary. And we can go through all of these negative things that are going on in our world, and the truth is, is they are all temporary. They're not going to last. They're just here for a while. Because there's a, a new heaven and a new earth that are coming. And it's all going to be made right. So does that mean we won't have hard times? No, we're going to have difficulties. But so many times we get so focused on the temporary that we forget the beauty of the eternal. Because the reality is, is we are living in the kingdom of Jesus Christ now. And then, then that new creation will come to complete fruition. So we as followers of Jesus, we don't live in despair. We live in hope. We live in hope. In a world full of hopelessness, we live in hope. 
because of the promises that are awaiting for us. And it's something we even experience right now. So a few weeks ago, our dryer broke. And so I did what every good red-blooded American does. I pulled up YouTube and watched videos. Because it was still spinning, just not heating. So I watched the videos, and the guys on the videos made it sound really simple. If it's all running, you just replace the thermostat or the element, and it should be fine. So what's really cool in our society now, I got on Amazon, I ordered the thermostat and the element. Next day they were there, had the back of the, back of the dryer out, followed the video's instructions, did everything that it said to do, put it all back together, still worked, still no heat. Huh, time for another video. And several videos later, and implementing what they said to practice, still no heat, still work, no heat. So I uh, had um, someone who's a mechanic that's a friend of ours come, and he got it to work for just a little while. It worked for one round, and then it stopped working. But what that did is it showed us the piece that was missing. All right, I mean, pieces are missing up here, I know. But that piece of the dryer needed to be replaced. That piece cost $150. And I was like, you know what? I could send all the pieces back and not spend the $150 and have almost a new dryer. So I bought a new dryer. So we went and got the new dryer. Uh, we, uh, we brought it into the house. We took the old dryer and set it on by the street. In our neighborhood, when you set something by the street, it's gone in an hour, uh, which it was. Got the new dryer set up, and clothes are drying, and it's fantastic. Went to bed that night, woke up the next morning. At 5 o'clock, I sat straight up in bed and thought, oh, no. I left the clothes in the dryer. So I began to process, all right, which clothes were they? Forgot to check. So I waited till my wife got up and said, babe, I messed up. Forgot to take the clothes out of the dryer. What was in there? She said, all of my darts. I said, babe, I'm so sorry. She said, no problem. You'll just have to buy me new ones. <laughs> okay. But, but he, here's, here's the thing. I got so focused on the dryer, which, by the way, you purchased to help with clothes. I forgot about the clothes. You see, as we go through this journey and, and all of the things that are happening and all the difficulties that are taking place, one of the realities is, is we focus on the wrong thing because we're overwhelmed by the temporary right now. You watch the news, you're overwhelmed by the temporary. If you read the news online, you're overwhelmed by the temporary. And it is so hopeless and so full of despair. And so it is so overwhelming. It's like this tidal wave of things I need to be worried about and concerned about. And we forget. We're focused on the wrong thing. As followers of Jesus, we live in hope for what is and what is to come. We're not called to despair, we're not called to anger. We're not called to angst. We're called to hope. We're called to hope. Now, we need to understand that the flip side of that 
some of the things that we love are also temporary. Okay? We need to keep that in mind. This week, we've been celebrating our country. You know it's temporary, right? You know in the new heaven and new earth, there's not a special place for Americans? I know that's hard to believe, but it's true. And other things that we love are our homes or the things that we've saved up for, the, the things that we've built around us. It's all temporary. And sometimes the temporary is so overwhelming that we forget there is something so much greater ahead. And so we live in hope for what is and what is to come. So when we as followers of Jesus are living in hopelessness, we're forgetting what's ahead. So look back at the passage with me. See how John describes this? It's just a phenomenal reality. If you look at verse 4, talking about God being with the people, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. Imagine that. No more sadness. No more reason to be sad. There will be no more death. No more saying goodbye to the ones we love. No more fear of the, of the body giving out. No more mourning or crying. No more pain. And as we age, we know how big a deal that is. No more pain. And so John gets a picture of what is to come in this new heaven and this new earth. And it's an awesome place. And between here and there, we have this temporary life that can be so difficult at some times, but the temporary can be so overwhelming, we forget we have this incredible hope for what is ahead. There's no room for despair when we live in hope. So I, I look at that, and, and I think that is a huge reminder for us. But, but the, the question is then, so what does that mean for today? Right? And so this is really big. So, so I, I hope you're paying attention to this. Our job is to bring light into darkness and hope into hopelessness. You see, we, we live as a part of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Jesus Christ right now. And we are ambassadors, Paul called us. We, we live here as representatives of that kingdom that is and is yet to come. And so we are to bring light into darkness and hope into hopelessness. That's what we're supposed to do. And people should look at our lives and say, why in the world do you have hope? I have hope because I know what's coming. And it's awesome. I don't have to live in despair. Yes, are there difficult times? Yes, is there heartache? Yes, there's disappointment. But no, I don't have to hang out there. Because my hope is in something much greater 
than what I can see. We live in hope. And we spread that hope. And we spread light in darkness. That's why Jesus, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount, he had what we call the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Meaning that we as followers of Jesus, we are the bearers of doing his will here on earth through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's who we are. That's who we're called to be. To be bringers of hope and light in a world that so desperately needs it. I got to fuss a little bit because we're not doing a very good job of bringing hope and light into hopelessness and darkness. If you don't believe me, just go home and get on Facebook. And it's amazing to watch what's happening. And, and one of the things that is, has been overwhelming to me is to watch the Christ-following reaction to these. It's been overwhelming. Now, I will confess up front, I hate wearing this thing. Right? I don't breathe well. Now, I do like it because I don't have to worry about what's in my teeth. I can stick my tongue out at people in the store. They never know it. You know, that kind of thing. I, I like those little things, but, but the truth is I hate wearing this thing. But my goodness, you read some of the Christ followers online, and it's like Satan has taken over their decision-making process because they can't decide anything for themselves anymore because all of my rights are being taken away. And I read those things, and my thought is, okay, first of all, have you read Romans 13? I don't always like Romans 13, but it's there. You know what Romans 13 says? Submit yourselves to the authorities who are in power because every authority that is in power, God put them there. I'm not making that up, am I? He put them there. Right? It's, it's so, I'm like, okay, so then, and then if you go back even further and you think about Jesus and who he was, d- did you know, if, if you don't, you should know, that Jesus was a, a part of an oppressed people group? Did you know that? In, in fact, he was a part of the most oppressed people group in history. They had their times with slavery. They had their times of Holocaust. They had their times of constantly being conquered and destroyed. In Jesus' time, they were ruled by the Romans. And if you want to have a really good study, I want you to go home and look at all of the teachings that Jesus had about how horrible the Roman Empire was. You're not going to find one. If you don't like that, then you can go to Paul. Paul, who was also mistreated because of his faith and eventually killed for it. And all of the writings and all of the sermons that we have recorded of Paul, go and look at all of those where he attacked those in authority. He didn't do it. And yet somehow we have determined this little cloth 
has attacked all of my freedoms and all of my rights, and in Jesus' name, I shouldn't have to wear it. It doesn't have anything to do with Jesus. The mayor asked us to do it. He didn't tell us to stop worshiping. He didn't tell us to quit praying. He just asked us to wear a mask. And I think that sometimes we forget this reality that when we said yes to Jesus, we said yes to giving up control of our lives. He's in charge now. Right? And masks are just one of a hundred things we could talk about. And, and here's what I'm watching. I am watching followers of Jesus get online and say things that don't bring hope or light. They bring attack and despair. They're focused on the temporary. And, and I'll be honest right up front and tell you that I am so grateful my computer has a delete button. Because I've been tempted and so drawn to, and then I'd read it and can't do that. And so here's the challenge, just, just the online challenge. Before you post it, before you send it, read it and ask yourself, Am I bringing light into darkness and hope into hopelessness? If you're not, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Because that's what we're called to do. To let people see what the kingdom of Jesus Christ is like. So what does that look like for us? Have you checked on any lonely people? There are a lot of them right now. Do you have any neighbors, friends, acquaintances who can't get out and go to the grocery store? But you can? Or maybe you have someone near you that just can't afford to do things around their house, but you have the ability to help. Why wouldn't you? And don't mishear me. I mean, my goodness, we, we live, it's, we're so blessed to live here. Right, right now, there's the potential for millions of people to be watching this. There are not a million people, but I'm just saying, there's that potential. They tried this in China, the pastors, my, my fellow pastors there, and they ended up in prison. Okay, so we're, we're blessed to be here, right? And, and I, I want to be careful to point that out, but... And sometimes the system needs to be changed, and sometimes we as Christ followers are called into that. I get that. Historically, you see Christ followers making a huge difference in places like uh, Soviet Union and in South Africa. If you don't know the, the Christian story behind those things that happened, you're, you're missing a big part of the story. But the truth is, Most of us are not focused on injustice. We're focused on being uncomfortable. And I don't like being uncomfortable. But our call is to bring hope into hopelessness and light into darkness. 
So I want to challenge you as I challenge me every single day, as, as, as Gary prayed, every single day, every moment, Heavenly Father, please show me how I can bring light into the darkness. How can I bring hope into hopelessness? Open that door for me. Make it clear to me. And help me represent you. Help me to bring hope in a world that is just desperate for hope. And when those of us who have the hope as followers of Jesus aren't living in it, what are we doing? What are we doing? So I encourage you, celebrate the hope that you have. Live in that hope. There are going to be times life hurts, yes, I know, but live in hope and make the hope available to others. And let them be curious. Why do you have hope in this time? Because I know it's all temporary. And I know in the end, King Jesus is going to get it all right. And I have hope in that. This morning, you may be here or you may be watching online. Um, and I want to encourage you that you were created for more than the temporary. You were created for the eternal. And the hope that we have and the hope that we live in or have the ability to live in is a hope that you can have if you are not yet a follower of Jesus. And if you are watching today or you're here today and you've, you've never asked Jesus to be a part of your life and your journey, know that you're missing out on having hope during a time of hopelessness. You see, all of us go through this journey and we have what we call sin in our lives and that sin separates us from God. But God in our despair sent Jesus to die for us. And in his death, burial, and resurrection, we have new hope, we have forgiveness, we have new life. And if you're here today or you're watching and you'd be interested in that new life, let's talk about it. Let's have contact online. Let's talk after we're done. It doesn't have to be despair all the time. We really can live in hope. If the Bible's true, we can live in hope. Let's pray.